Hey guys, welcome to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkinson, and we're going to finally take this turn towards some case studies like we promised. And this is an interesting one, Adam, because uh, I, I just got a, a message from somebody who wanted to chat about this kind of thing and go through her peak week a little bit, and I thought that'd be, that'd be great. Uh, you know, we'd definitely love to help. And by the time I was finished with the video chat, I thought, oh my gosh, this was exactly what we've been wanting for our, our case studies. And, and I wish I had recorded it or had even brought that up as an option. So in retrospect, uh, without this person's permission, so we're going to keep, keep names to the side, we're just going to kind of go through it. And I thought this would be a great way to get your view as well, because there were some incredibly important things that I think... Uh, this person and her coach did well, but it brought up a, a really interesting kind of, uh, you know, case study dilemma. And, and, and there are multiple ways you could go. And I don't think any of them are necessarily wrong, but there, of course, is going to be a best path. And, and I'm interested to see your take on this. So uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So this is an IFBB Pro Bikini competitor. And she has a pretty, pretty strong metabolism, so she can consume a lot of food. Yet, as we know, once you're leading up to the show, somebody with that kind of metabolism probably has a, a pretty solid metabolic rate. And therefore, their challenge is going to be hanging on to muscle. So how can a bikini competitor hang on to just enough shape and size and, and of course play that card of being lean enough, but maybe not get so lean that all of a sudden you're, you're grainy and, and, you know, too vascular. So just like with somebody who may struggle in the opposite direction, getting lean enough, decisions have to be made. How do we come up with that, that exact per perfect path? So uh, interestingly, as I looked at photos, I thought, you know, decently conditioned, you know, was definitely right there. Maybe could have been slightly leaner. And I, and I mean, just by like half a percent or half a pound. But who knows, I, I didn't have the entire history. And, and this may have been a good place to be. But her biggest question, Adam, was, I was consuming so much food, and was in kind of a progressive linear load pattern, calories were going up. And she thought, maybe I just crossed the line. Maybe in pursuit of that fullness, I ended up softening up just a little too much. So I know you don't have the, uh, the advantage of photos, but just with that kind of information, what would you generally be looking for to, for your analysis? Yeah, well, photos are definitely helpful because this is always someone's perception on how they feel. Uh, which has a lot of merit, obviously, because our clients typically know their bodies better than we do, right? And that's why we rely on so much communication. Uh, it sounds like just by the way you word it, that the um, it started off linearly, um, and then maybe it started getting really aggressive at the end. So uh, my first thought is maybe a longer peak week in general. So maybe instead of seven days, maybe spread that load out across 10 days. Um, it just allows you to be able to digest the food better. And that's something that not a lot of people talk about is, you know, if you're just eating food and you're not digesting it, there's, there's definitely no point to having it. And, and we get clients like this in the off season all the time where they just can't eat enough or they can't even digest it properly. So 
and then you can get into sources, what might be easier for her to digest. And that's where time can have a lot of merit because now if you're experimenting with some food sources that maybe she hasn't had, it gives you a little bit of time to have some recourse to that. Um, but sometimes some sugar can go a long way, um, especially if you put that pre-workout or during intra-workout. So if you extend your peak week longer, you just have more time to pay attention to the client, just kind of adapt things a little bit better, um, fine tune, and then just have time to spread, you know, the biggest point of this is to spread those calories across a longer period of time. So you're spending more time loading and not really playing that catch up in the back end. What you just said may come into play with the information I give you next. So uh, I, I, I agree that my perception of what her and her coach were facing was that, you know, they definitely felt like, okay, we got to really start plowing through more, more food, more carbs. And so it definitely got more aggressive at the end to the point where her coach had her do a burger and fries two nights in a row. And, and I'm a fan. If, if you get to a point where your carbohydrates are getting so high that you do risk reaching that glycogen threshold and, and it's just too much and you start softening up, sometimes a, a little bit of extra fat can minimize that because now you don't have to rely on carbs quite as much. But that's a big load of sodium and fat two days in a row. And you know, if you are even reaching maintenance levels of calories, Adam, and all of a sudden you're getting an extra 100 grams of fat in a day, maybe an extra 2,000 milligrams of sodium, you can actually start storing a little bit of extra body fat. So that filminess may be partially spillover, may also be that now you've just got a couple hundred extra grams of saturated fat you couldn't process through. And so that is creating a, a tiny bit of subcutaneous fat which a lot of people don't consider. I mean, most people are thinking water, 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 water. Every time you get a judge's comment, though, you're reporting a little bit of water. Uh, you know, some of it's just body fat because you weren't lean enough. Some of it can even be a tiny bit of body fat just because we are constantly storing body fat on and off, even when we're in a calorie deficit. When you consume more food than your body can digest and assimilate at one time, that's going to happen. So a progressive linear load in a rapid fashion plus that huge dump of, of fat two nights in a row, that, that may have been one part of the issue. So I, I don't know if you have any extra thoughts about that. Well, kudos to her coach. It sounds like she was being watched well, you know, and said, maybe let's do this twice. Um, but then my whole issue with that is why so much catch up at the end? Um, so her coach was definitely being dynamic in her process and said, hey, let's do this. But a lower fat option is typically going to be better. Um, we're not only just managing and changing calories here. Now we're managing. Uh, my biggest problem with this is uh, two days of a sodium load like that could definitely really shift those aldosterone levels. And usually like one night isn't going to be too bad. But two days in a row, I kind of turn my head and say, man, that is just really a a full court shot at the buzzer. And uh, I would really rather shoot from in the paint with somebody if I had the option. I, I, that's exactly what I wanted you to pick up on. So well done. And, and that, that was my exact first thought as well, is that that much sodium that far out and you could homeostatically be starting to reverse in the other direction. And 
and even though we, you know, for decades now have talked about the, the value and the virtues of well-placed strategic amounts of sodium, sodium has to be there to hold water in the muscle tissue. When you get that far out and in that high of amounts, it can definitely shift over and, and really, you know, bring to fruition the fear that a lot of people actually do have in sodium and that it was just too much, too many days in a row. And, and, and I will say, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever been in that position where I've, you know, usually it's, it's trying to get people to consume enough sodium. But my question to you, Adam, is uh, you're exactly right that her coach was very watchful and careful. And, and, and I, you know, give her coach a lot of credit. But um, when you get in that position of playing from behind, and I've got one more thing I'm going to try and pull out of your, your brain because I think you're going to have the right answer. So you got a lot of calories going in, a lot of carbs. Now you've got some fat, you got a lot of sodium. On contest day, she was also accelerating food, normal, normal size meals, which were a lot for this particular competitor. I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, upwards of 3,000 calories a day. And then, you know, throwing in a little extra sugar. So now it's a couple hours from, the, from stage time. And so let's, let's have a massive cookie and then okay, we've, we've listened to Adam and Joe, we know how important sodium is, so let's have some potato chips with a lot of extra sodium there. So she's getting extra sugar, she's getting extra sodium. On top of that, contest day, baseline, higher food intake on top of those last two days. And this was the competitor's words, like I, I did assimilate it well. I really, I didn't feel like I was in any you know GI distress, my digestion was fine, wasn't bloated. Um, but I feel like I may have just lost a little bit of crispness. And so fearing being flat, potentially looking a little flat after all of that food and that contest morning catch up, what would you have said would have been the final thing to try and pull it all together? Yeah, I immediately go to water because yeah. you definitely had enough food. So yeah. water is going to saturate that muscle tissue. So, um, Anchor Coach did what a lot of people naturally think, though, and a lot of people really get caught up on the show day food. Um, that's been great with our podcast because so many of my clients understand that they're not doing something crazy on show day or just eating a whole lot. It's really all the peaking's done. And it's about sustainment and management. I think that's like one of our sixth or seventh episodes that we did. But uh, contest day really is about management. So just um, an increase in water could have made a huge difference. And then just managing the minerals afterwards, you know, sodium, potassium, um, more so sodium, but sometimes potassium is going to come into play depending on what they pack and how potassium rich their foods are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that, that was my, my initial thought as well. That's why I wanted to try and pull that from you is, you know, okay, you had all that carbohydrate that was there, you had enough sodium for sure, and yet you still feel like you were a little flat, but then started getting filming. So you, you always use the phrase like sodium flat, like somebody was just, they didn't quite have enough sodium. But to your point, you know, that's, that's the main solute at that point that's going to direct where water goes, but maybe there just wasn't enough water. And, and as I told her, um, you know, again, a really hard thing to assess for a judge unless you, or, or I mean a, a coach, unless you know exactly what that person has done on contest morning. And 
more times than not, if I start seeing something even similar, and she's a bit of an outlier with all of that food and fat and sodium, but when you just start seeing somebody's getting a little flat and they're not quite as tight or vascular, it's definitely time to just, just you know, open the water up to unlimited. Like I'm, I'm one of those people who likes to measure everything so I, can, I know exactly what's going in and know where that client is at different points of the day. So if I'm saying, you know, look, have 16 ounces or 24 ounces of water between meals, have eight ounces with this meal, 10 with this one, all the different things I do, I'm still looking at that client on contest day and I'm saying, okay, it's 10 or 11 a.m. Here's what they've consumed. Here's how much water they've had. If I think like this particular competitor might have needed water, and, and I did this with a client just a couple of weeks ago, I said, look, I, I want you to literally slam 32 ounces of water. And, you know, you're going to, you're probably going to have to urinate in 20 or 30 minutes and all of that. But it's, it's going to be not necessarily an acute change, like, in minutes, I've seen that happen, but you just need to have that water for the next hour or two, at least available to your muscle tissue so that the, the carbs and the sodium we've consumed, you know, has something to draw into the muscle tissue. And, and, I, and I really do feel like that was probably the thing that would have helped her at that time. But I still also question that the two days leading up and that morning still might have been just a little bit more than she could assimilate that. Quickly. So your very first point, Adam, of, of really extending the peak week out a little bit more, have, have instead of a, a more of a rapid backload, have a steadier linear progressive load, you know, that could have made a difference as well. I have a ectomorph who just signed up with me from Texas really, really quick to turn around on his contest. And he found us through our channel here. Uh, but I told him, email me today, all caps at health. And we're basically starting peak week quite a bit out. Um, he's such a new client to me. I just want to uh, have my eyes on him a little closer before we actually even start the peak week. So I don't have just a narrow seven days to watch him. So, um, you know, sometimes I, I've got a good crew going to nationals. A lot of them are checking in um, every day just before peak week even starts just to kind of keep an eye on them and even though they haven't gotten their official peak week documents we're still kind of peaking them right now yeah absolutely the same same um now one of the things that i that i also would bring up too back to my first point which is maybe she could have been just a little bit leaner and didn't have to worry so much about the end um in in some discussions with her she said you know certainly either the year prior, last year, or maybe one of her shows earlier this year, she didn't feel like she was just a little bit leaner. And then the detail just shows a little bit. You don't, you know, some of that fullness that you're relying on of food, again, so counterintuitive, right? That, that being leaner and a little bit lighter makes you look fuller. But, but sometimes even in bikini and figure divisions, you know, that's just true. You don't have to work quite as hard to show the muscle separation. Um, you don't have to worry about fullness versus tightness. You, you can almost err on the side of getting so full that even if you do run into that little bit of filminess that she did, wouldn't matter because she was already lean enough. And so that was, that, that's almost kind of the big fix, the, the meta fix over the entire uh, dieting process. Then what you said about elongating the peak week and then some of those finer tuning type things at the end with maybe maybe not so much sodium two days out, but leaving that to be kind of a sledgehammer at the end, you know, truly within that 24 hour window, 
especially the day of, and then of course using the, the amount of water you need to truly fill up. Just judging by the amount of calories she was able to eat, just kind of, it, it sounds like she's probably a ectomorph. So that last minute sodium, that, you know, final water manipulation exactly can be huge sledgehammers for somebody with a physique that that is um, geared to be able to handle some higher calories. Um, the only other thing I would say is, you know, it can be posing since we are talking about an IFBB pro, you know, um, get feedback, find out what the judges did specifically want for your physique. It's, it's good that you can assess and feel a certain way and relay that to your coach. But I uh, try to get the whole picture from the judges. They're here to help us. And uh, that's one of the reasons I communicate with them so often is so I can kind of find my strike zone with my clients, so to speak. You know, you bringing up the fact that she was an ectomorph is, is a really good final note to end on, which is that uh, had she not been quite an ectomorph, this could have really been a disaster. Yeah. Um, you know, her level of spillover was so minute that we're talking about kind of a filminess. You do that to somebody who doesn't have that metabolic capacity, and it could have been just a lights out disaster. So, you know, the, the fact that she was able to process and assimilate that much food, you know, was, was to her credit, and, and it, it did. I mean, your metaphor of a strike zone, you know, that gives her a much bigger strike zone to aim for. But uh, I, I agree that I think her management and her coaches and their communication was really on point. And this was a tough one, which is why I thought it would make for a good case study. It wasn't just an easy, oh, yeah, there's that one thing. It was, it was obvious. Uh, I, was, I was so impressed, Adam, with this particular viewer of ours, her ability to talk through every single variable and isolate it down to maybe it was this, maybe it was that. But she had done everything so well. Her coach had assisted in such a great way. Uh, it's, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years and to see this level of, of practical intelligence now being articulated among competitors, it's, it's pretty, pretty insane. It's, it's amazing, actually. Yeah, it means we're doing our job by contributing to the industry. Yeah, which, uh, which I hope this opens up the doors for you guys. Adam and I want to do some case studies like this through the rest of the year, getting ready for 2021 and invite you to literally be on with us, as I mentioned with this particular viewer, uh, it just didn't even dawn on me that we were gonna have that much depth in our conversation. It would have been a perfect case study to have her on, but uh, we're, gonna be, we're gonna be hopefully taking some messages from you guys, some invitations. We may even reach out to some people we know, just to make sure we can get some real competitors on here to talk through their particular contest experiences this year and help them for 2021. So any... Uh, in, any anybody that you're particularly looking for, Adam? Any any kind of client or any kind of situation that you think would be a good candidate for this? Honestly, just anyone who kind of wants some additional help. There might be a lot of people who are kind of self coached out there. Um, I actually have a guy who just inboxed me who's maybe on the fence about competing, so I might ask him if he wants to be aboard and uh, give it a shot. He's actually a sixty plus. So this is very, very new to him. So I thought he might be perfect to have on because he'll probably have a ton of questions that will be really valuable for our audience. Good. Well, we will uh, be chatting with you guys soon to get you lined up. And we'll do this, like I said, through the end of 2020, getting ready for 2021. 
And uh, Adam, once again, thanks to you. And we'll see you guys next time in Contest Prep University.